So Apple reports this Thursday, October 29th, and it's going to be an exciting one. They're one of these companies which has the most going on this quarter and next quarter, of course, with the launch of the iPhone 12. Like this is one of those quote unquote super cycle cycles. <laughs> so they have very high expectations going into this um, this year. And I am 100% like uh, for the idea that they're absolutely going to blow stuff away. If not this quarter, then for sure next quarter. Which, all, which always makes it kind of weird when trying to play earnings. So <laughs> might avoid that one. But we're definitely going to be talking about uh, iPhone 12's launch, uh, projected sales numbers, where I think they're going to be. And we're also going to be talking about a lot of other stuff, services and antitrust, but not not Apple antitrust. <laughs> we're talking about Google's antitrust. You know, I feel like there's certainly some things in the uh, FTC's lawsuit against Google that certainly affects Apple a lot. And uh, we'll, we'll sort of get into that. So let's get right into the thesis here. And the thesis that I have is that people have more money now on average. The average American has more money now than they've ever had. You know, how can you might ask yourself, like, how can I say this? Obviously, we're at the middle of a recession or at tail end of a recession. Well, it's simply because the majority of the overwhelming majority of people, I believe, have had their financial situation just completely stabilized by all the stimulus measures that the government has taken, all the uh, quantitative easing the Fed has taken. The people who have jobs, you know, they kept their jobs. Uh, they don't have anything to spend it on. We're talking about experiences. And the people who lost their jobs, the unemployment benefits were absolutely through the roof. They were, most of them, I believe, were making just as much as they were on, uh, when they had actual jobs still, <laughs> just off unemployment. I personally know several people who are in that situation. All my friends who, like, uh, whether or not they're employed, whether or not they're unemployed, they're doing really well. They're saving so much money. The people, you know, who are actually sort of getting harmed here are, of course, the small business owners, but they're overwhelming minority of actual, like, um, you know, percentage of the American population here. So it's, um, no, so let's take a look at the data here. We're talking about personal savings rate. Now, <laughs> the data here is astounding. If you talk about before the pandemic, let's talk about January 2020, according to the Federal Reserve, the personal savings rate was 7.6%. So around 7%, that's how much the average American saved before the pandemic. Now, the pandemic hits, and guess what the savings rate was in April? It was 33.6%. That is just an extraordinary jump. You know, this is, it really just shows how much, like people don't have anything to spend it on, right? They don't have any, if you don't, if you take away all the experiences that people spend their money on, whether it's dining out, whether or not it's going to the movies or it's going on vacation or any of the stuff people spend their money on uh, that were closed down, they don't, they couldn't do that, right? They're, they're stuck at home. They still make as much money before. They have nothing to spend it on. They're just going to pocket it. And that's clearly what the data shows. So April, we were talking about 33%, 33.6% personal savings rate. May, 24.5%. You skip all the way ahead to the last month that we have data on. That's August. We're still over 14% personal savings rate. So of course it's went down, but it's still like double what it was before the pandemic. Now, what that tells me is that people's checking is like checking accounts are absolutely flush with cash. They have all this money. They had nothing to spend it on and they had no vacations to go on. So if you don't spend your money on experiences, what's the other thing you can spend your money on? And that is um, material goods, like actual physical things, whether or not it's, in this case, it's going to be a phone. I'm assuming people can buy, you know, gaming consoles as well. That's going to do very well. But you can't go out and experience things. You're going to buy 
physical physical devices. And that's what the iPhone 12 is. You know, Apple absolutely got super lucky <laughs> because you combine both the economic situation of the people we're talking about in now and also the fact that this is a design refresh. The last time we had a design refresh, we're talking about the iPhone 10. That was when I when Apple peaked in iPhone sales. We've actually since the iPhone 10's release year, every year we have year-on-year declines in iPhone revenue. That's been a huge story within Apple, but of course, it's been that sort of like negative drag on Apple stock has been completely outweighed by the massive boon in services revenue, and we're certainly going to get into that. But now we're going to be in a situation in which services are going to be doing well, but iPhone is also going to be doing well. This is definitely every design refresh year is a huge year for apple this is a very very good design <laughs> just personal personally speaking this design is beautiful like it's exactly what i want in the back to like the hard edges not the rounded edges this is going to sell it's going to even without the fact like take out the fact that everyone has so much money in their bank accounts um it was going to do record sales already and now it's just going to it's going to be turbocharged with the economic situation people are in. Again, people, this is the only thing people can spend their money on. So they're going to buy it. They are definitely going to buy it. Okay. So that's, that's the iPhone. Um, let's go and talk about the services. Services being, of course, like all the revenue that Apple gets from the app store, it's iCloud, everything that's not related to a specific physical device sale. Now, this is actually what drove Apple's revenues for uh, the previous quarter. And it's actually what's been carrying Apple stock price the entirety of the time ever since the Apple 10 came up, not the Apple 10, the iPhone 10, because of course, it's the section that is growing the fastest and has the highest margin. Wall Street gives a massive multiple to anything related to services. Any, anything that's even remotely you know, considered SaaS gets an insane multiple co compared to any other um, type of revenue, especially when talking about like physical device revenue. So services is important now. Uh, in when the pandemic started, Apple services went up bigly. Like it, <laughs> it went up a lot. Now it's driven mostly by mobile games revenue. Of course, Apple gets a percentage cut, thirty percent of every basic every micro micro transaction that occurs within a game. And um, it's so if you take a look at the Q2 data, it's last quarter, it went up 36% year over year. So, I mean, of course, that's a huge number. We're talking about Apple. Apple's, they're not projected to grow that much at all. So, I mean, they, but it has to, of course, cover the losses from iPhone year over year. Uh, this quarter, Bank of America says that their third party publisher data suggests that it's growing 31% year over year. So it's a slight deceleration from what we had last quarter, but I mean, that's still okay, I guess. Um, again, that's not enough, I would imagine, to <laughs> make it a buy this quarter. But I mean, there's it's kind of boring because it's not like there's any, been ma any major developments in the services uh, section for Apple when I'm talking about quarter over quarter. Of course, you know, you have the same games. Are people still spending money on games? I'm sure they are. But... Uh, it sort of segues into what I want to talk about next, and that was the antitrust thing. Now, we're not talking about Epic Games' uh, antitrust lawsuit against Apple, the drama over the App Store regarding Fortnite and uh, the game engine, Unreal Engine. Um, this is more of a specu speculative thing, but we're talking about Google's uh, antitrust lawsuit that got filed against it by the FTC. Now, the interesting section here... <laughs> 
is that Google, the FTC specifically cited um, Google's payments to Apple to make Google default search engine on their iPhones. Now, Google pays Apple anywhere between eight to twelve billion dollars, <laughs> like just to have the uh, Google be the default search engine. Now, this is actually an enormous. Uh, percentage of Apple's yearly earnings. Again, this is pure profit, by the way. This is absolute pure profit. And as a percent, let me, let me pull up that information right now, actually. Yeah, so I'm looking at data right now. So Apple actually only, they not only, <laughs> they made $55 billion um, in a year for their fiscal year of 2019. So if you're talking about $12 billion that Google paid Apple, that is 20% of their overall earnings is coming from Google paying Apple to be their default search engine for the iPhone. Now, the FTC specifically said that this is, you know, this is something that could be violation of anti-monopolistic practices. So this revenue is actually gonna be in question going into the future. This is not affecting the current quarter, next quarter. These lawsuits take a long time, but could Google be forced to stop these payments? Could Apple be losing 20% of their earnings? You know, they absolutely could. You have to sort of bake, um, you have to take this into account when you're buying Apple stock. So, uh, but the thing is, Apple's actually been taking a number of steps that could sort of rescue this, um, rescue this money that's coming in from Google. And this, this is in regards to advertising, their moves around advertising. And they certainly have a plan. So if, if you're not aware of what Apple's been doing, Apple has for a long time they've not been able to monetize a lot of the advertising that goes on in their ecosystem. Of course, earlier, as I stated, when you play a game and you buy a microtransaction for the game, let's say you, a game costs, you know, you need to buy coins for a game and or buy this, this shirt that goes on your character, Apple takes a cut of that. But when a game shows an advertisement, it could be, you know, Facebook could provide that advertisement. Facebook would get a cut. The game developer would get a cut and Apple will be left out. So Apple certainly does not like this. So Apple's been taking moves to stem advertising from all these other companies that sort of provide advertising services for the iPhone. This is primarily been done by getting rid of the IDFA, the identification for device. This is something that provides a unique ID that's trackable to your device. So um, a company will be able to see uh, across your across your device, anytime you go into an app, what you're doing in that app and trace, trace to your device. So this is how you know companies, let's say uh, Tinder might know if you're using Bumble or something. <laughs> so this definitely helps them target ads. And Facebook and other companies, Trade Desk, have been using this to help target ads, help drive increased advertising costs, increased advertising revenues for their own specific companies. Apple's advertising revenues have not grown as fast. Um, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to capture this bet. They're saying all these other companies, Facebook, you know, you can no longer use this Trade desk, you can no longer use this. We're making it much harder. We're going to ask for explicit consent from the user before they're allowed to do this. And studies have shown that, like, overwhelming majority, we're talking about 80, 80 95% of consumers, when prompted to give away their privacy in this regard, will press no. You know, previously you had to dig into all these menus to disable it, it was opt 
out and nobody did that because nobody nobody cared if you had to dig through menus but if presented with a screen right then and there people will opt to get the quote unquote free privacy right they'll press privacy so this is going to do major damage to all these other companies but thing is apple they have exempted themselves they still have access to all this data and they can use that data to provide targeted advertisements if they wanted to this significantly boosts Apple's ability to advertise on their platform in relation to Facebook's ability to advertise and in relation to Google's ability to advertise in relation to anyone else's ability to advertise uh, on the Apple platform. So that's that's step one. Now, when we're talking about getting rid of Google's payments to become the default search engine, it's entirely possible that Apple just steps into search itself. It's This is what, been, what people have been talking about for a while. They could buy... DuckDuckGo, they can start their own search, but Apple should definitely be starting their own search engine. If they lose the 12 billion that Google pays for it, it needs to be made up by its own advertising revenue. And with the steps it's taken to cement itself an enormous advantage when you're talking about targeting ability on their own device, then they should definitely be using that, (laughs) starting a search engine and using that advantage to be able to sell ads at a much better rate of targeting than these other companies can provide. But of course, if that happens, you're going to have a period of several years where they absolutely cannot make as much money as Google's been paying them. So you definitely have to watch out for this potential pitfall. So if you want to play earnings, then you play earnings. <laughs> Holding it long-term, you can definitely do that, but you have to watch for what the FTC, FTC does in this area. Now, uh, I talked about earnings earlier. I would, Let's uh, pivot to earnings right now. You have to keep in mind, everything that I said that was bullish was not this quarter. It's it's going to be reflected next quarter. This massive, absolutely massive tranche of sales that are going to be coming in for the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 Pro. That's going to just absolutely send the stock through the roof. That is not potentially going to be reflected in this quarter's earnings. They have no obligation to do that. Um, of course, this was this launched in the <laughs> not 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 Q3. It launched in October, right? October belongs in Q4, so they could reflect it in the expectation section. But again, there's no real precedence for them doing this because it, for the iPhone 10, they just completely ignored it. They <laughs> they just did the normal guidance, and when the next quarter came along, iPhone 10 blew everything out of the water. The stock went super high, but it was not reflected in Q3's earnings. Uh, guidance. So you got to watch out for that. So when you're talking about this quarter's earnings, it's just going to be a services story as per normal uh, for Apple nowadays. Has serv- Is services going to carry Apple? It could. It might not. Who knows? It's down about 5% quarter over quarter. It's still up well over 30%, I believe, year over year. That's a very good number, but Apple stock has gone up a lot as well. So all that plus the antitrust overhang, you have to t- take into account when they report on Thursday. So, you know, my personal hope is that it goes down on Thursday after hours and on Friday, because that would be the biggest buying opportunity, I believe, heading into the holidays this year is if Apple whiffs their Q3 earnings somehow. Um, Because you gotta know, you gotta be expecting, especially after everything I discussed with the personal savings rate being through the roof with people being absolutely flush with cash, they're gonna have massive sales for iPhone 12, which will be reflected next quarter. So that's my personal thoughts. I'm not going to be buying, and I hope it goes down. So then I'll, I'm going to move in super heavily if it goes down on Thursday after hours. 
and uh, I'll be looking to buy some on Friday. And uh, that's pretty much my thoughts here. All right, that's the end of the episode. Um, as I said earlier in the trailer, uh, this is I'm not sharing this anywhere. So if you're listening to this, you're either friends or family. Tell me how the audio sounds. Uh, tell me what's up with the podcast. I know I am putting in a lot of filler words. <laughs> that's definitely something I'm going to be working on improving. Of course, this is just me talking into a microphone for 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm definitely going to have a lot of those at first. Um, we work on getting rid of that. But other than that, you know, what 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 should be improved, et cetera, et cetera. Tell me in real life or on Twitter at real Dennis Tao. And, um, yeah, hopefully everything will be, I'll work on my filler words and all that stuff. And I'll official launch will be like start of next year or something. And we'll see what happens then. All right. Thank you.